Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast. And now, the youth. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the youth here on Slam Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 145. This is Amanda Marie here, and happy Thursday, June 18th. It is Friday Eve. Very exciting for everyone. And today, I am joined here on the youth by Idania, Anthony, and Alicia. And for today's show, we have different topics, different things set up to discuss in today's show. But of course, before we get into anything that we have prepared for everyone listening today, we will go through our COVID-19 rundown, of which we do at the beginning of every show that we do here on the youth. So to kick things off, the current global case numbers is over 8 million with a surpassing death toll of 440,000 deaths. And there are over 3 million recoveries. In the United States alone, we're seeing a confirmed total of 2.21 million cases, as well as 119,000 deaths and 688,000 recovered patients. So before we get into anything else that we have for this first segment, we have some breaking news. Not even an hour ago, uh, the Supreme Court of the United States announced that DACA will remain in effect. Uh, they did reject the president and the president's administration's attempts to end DACA and hold that the recession of DACA is arbitrary and capricious. So as we know, a lot of people, the dreamers, they rely on DACA for being able to stay in the United States. One of our favorite YouTubers himself, David Dobrik, he is a DACA dreamer. And without that, he wouldn't be able to be here and, you know, live out his dreams in the United States. So this is some pretty big news, considering that there were some steps trying to be taken in order to remove DACA from being in effect. I think that's amazing news because if DACA weren't in effect, I, like there'd be a lot of people who would lose that, that chance that they have for a better life or a better education. And obviously I'm not here to judge anybody, but the person who wanted that gone is an absolute disgust because he, um, that person has no regard for human decency and it's, I just think it's really good that that is still in effect because, you know, dreamers, they got to head on strong. To agree with Idania there, um, Trump isn't that bad of a person, but this was very bad on his part. Not a great idea on doing this. And he's had a tendency of not trying to shut down these agencies that are very important to human life. That was a really good point by Idania, that when he does this, he has no regard of human decency or human life in general so it was it was pretty good news to hear that um but i don't know why he just has a tendency i'm not trying to judge anybody but he just has a tendency of trying to end very important agencies in the united states of america this is one of them and it was good news to hear to wake up and to hear that I agree with you both. Like, it's obvious that he has no human decency. Like, he is, it's, like, not fair for other people in this world. Like, everyone deserves equal opportunity, in my opinion. It doesn't matter where you come from. And if you come to America looking for a start at a new life or something like that, you should be able to have that. And to have that taken away should never be, like, should never be in the talks, if you get me. Like, I don't think that was right on his side. So again, this is fantastic news. And, you know, just not even an hour ago, this was announced that DACA will remain in effect and we'll continue to see what happens with this as well. But moving on from this breaking news and into some other interesting news that we're seeing develop come out of New York City. So as we know, and we've talked about that here on the youth is that New York City was one of, if not the hardest hit state in the United States due to the coronavirus pandemic. They had the highest numbers, uh, New York and New Jersey combined, pretty much almost the same numbers as the rest of the United States. So now seeing that New York City is on track to sort of that reopening that we're seeing go on in a lot of states, Governor Cuomo just announced that they are on track to enter phase two on Monday. And with entering phase two, they will be seeing the opening of a lot of non-essential businesses as well as seeing outdoor dining and some offices to reopen within limits. So again, this is a huge step in the reopening, especially in New York City, because as we know, their numbers were very high and it was very concerning to see what a toll the coronavirus was taking on New York City. Watching a speech, surprisingly, the other day um, that Como had, and he was saying that the numbers spiked up drastically because of the fact that they reopened a little bit too quickly. And I keep on going back to the point 
that here in the youth, it was one of our biggest concerns that if we reopened too early, there was going to be another second wave. So um, he needs to take a step back a little bit, in my opinion, and maybe re- reassess the situation. Maybe it's, it's not safe enough to open now. Maybe wait a few weeks, maybe even wait a month or two to get into more phases because I feel like that way we can limit the um, the second wave as much as we can and potentially not end, but hopefully really, really limit the coronavirus in the United States of America. I completely agree with Anthony, to be quite honest. I think that uh, when you consider the numbers, you just have to realize that as much as obviously we want to be back to normalcy, as much as we want to do the things that we want to do, especially considering it's summertime, like as much as we want to go to these restaurants, as much as we want to go to these beaches, we have to keep in mind the safety in general of the public because when New York was one of the ones that had it, I wanna say the worst, not maybe not the worst, but he, New York was definitely one of the worst states. And when you take that into account of how many people are in New York, and then you choose to move from phase one to phase two, um, it's just, it's kind of irresponsible on their part because you definitely have to consider the amount of people that could possibly still be sick and could possibly um, spread coronavirus along as they open up all these businesses. And of course, especially in New York City, as I said, they had a high concentration of coronavirus cases in New York City, but now seeing that they're starting to roll out into these phases, it's definitely a lot of good news. And in other news, we have uh, the U.S. protests against systematic racism and the Black Lives Matter movement. We're seeing this continue, and we're seeing some big steps being taken. We're seeing Philadelphia and Portland, their councils plan to cut police funding, and we've heard this, you know, this has been in talks the past few weeks, and now we're seeing some places actually take action, and they're taking steps to cut this police funding. We're also seeing the House Judiciary Committee, they're passing the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, charges in another case this is not related to George Floyd but we did see the killing of Rashard Brooks in Atlanta from two police officers we saw that story go down and we've heard updates this past week but we saw that just yesterday charges were filed against these Atlanta police officers that were involved in Rashard Brooks death and in other news we're seeing the Netflix co-founder and CEO Reed Hastings he donated 120 million dollars to HBCUs so that's that's a pretty big sum of money to, you know, these historically black colleges and universities. And I, I don't know, I think that that's a nice contribution on his behalf to do this. I think it's absolutely wonderful news because, I mean, I've always wanted to go to an HBCU because I just, I like their whole message towards bringing education to people of color who might be, um, who might be unfortunate and can't afford uh higher level of education. So I just love the whole message and vibe that HBCUs bring. So that's just amazing news because they are generally like good schools and like all their intentions intentions are just so genuine and honest. And I, I honestly love it. And as for the police, um, I saw a post the other day. I'm not, I don't really remember, but it honestly hit hard with me as basically everyone on the youth knows I want to become a lawyer, which is about eight years of school in order to learn how to how to um, interpret the laws in this country, you know, eight years so I can defend the laws and defend innocent people from um, facing things like we see today. But it takes less than that. It takes less than half of eight years to become a cop and actually enforce these rules. So it's completely unreasonable. I think it is time that we need to see a change because if I need to, if I need to study more years to become a lawyer, but a cop only needs less than half of that and cops are in the front lines facing with people directly every day, like 
we need to see a change. That is not okay. Absolutely. Really? And I, I, I do. I agree with Idania. But Anthony, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I actually really agree with you, Idania, on that one. Because the cops, not only are they on the front lines compared to lawyers, but they have more power compared to lawyers. Like, we've seen they can arrest people. They can just break into, like, they have more power than a lawyer could ever dream of having. So the fact that it's four years for them to become cops and for a lawyer it's eight, that's that's kind of difficult to comprehend, in my opinion. Um, I feel like cops need to get more training and be more trained in those situations, in hostile situations like that, like we've seen in the past few weeks. But... Um, the fact it it's just it's astonishing to me. It's astonishing that that I and I had re- never really thought about that until you brought it up, Idania. Um, but that's a very good point by you. Absolutely, and we'll continue to see what steps are taking. You know, again, we're seeing Philadelphia and Portland; they're planning on cutting cutting police funding. But we'll see how many other states do take similar steps and similar action in cutting police funding. And as we know, you know, it sounds like a pretty drastic thing, but some of this money will then go to different places like education. And simply it'll just, it'll have police officers focus on reporting to more important cases rather than the smaller things that go on on a day-to-day basis. But when we come back around the youth, we're going to talk about this little boy, two-year-old Gray has gone absolutely viral on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, you name it, he's gone viral. And it's simply because of his manners, something that maybe we don't see as often in little kids anymore nowadays. You're listening to The Youth here on Slam Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 145. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 145. Wake up and text text and eat Mm-mm. text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever hi oh hey text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time <sighs> text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time uh. text and whatever but when you get behind the wheel give your phone to a passenger put it in the glove box just don't text and drive visit stoptextsstoprex.org a message from nitsa and the ad council Good morning, amigo. Well, it just annoys me that you don't see it my way. Oh, it annoys me that you don't see it my way. We can play this game too. What? Not always going to see it your way. Your way is not the way. I can see it my way. But your way is not the way. So some people, some people are really... That's huge ego of you, by the way. Yeah, of course. You can't spell amigo without the ego. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I adopted Bento in 2010 from a shelter. This cat makes me make art. He's always motivating me to draw pictures of him. He just is motivating artistically. He's my best friend, but a lot of people know him as Keyboard Cat. Keyboard Cat, YouTube star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States and the Ad Council. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities, been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them, but I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me, and my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Slam Radio has brought so much positivity into my life that allows so many young people to have a voice. I'm very thankful for this opportunity at Slam Radio. Not a lot of people get to say that they worked on the first radio station 
run inside a high school. I've learned so much from Frank the Tank. I've learned so much from Danny, from The Amigo. I've learned so much from them, and I thank them so much, and it means a lot to me. Slam Radio is a community. It just gives you opportunity. They give you opportunities that not many schools have. The people here are just great. Someone always has your back no matter what. It is definitely a place to leave your egos and your insecurities behind and just be yourself and all become one. I'm so thankful for everybody here at Sam Radio and I'm thankful for this wonderful opportunity that I've been given to jumpstart my career. You are listening to Slam Radio on Sirius XM 145. This is Alan Hearns with the Miami Dolphins. Shout out to Slam Radio. We are back here on the Youth Slam Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 145. And joining us this segment, hello, Araya. Aloha, Araya. Welcome to the show. Aloha. <laughs> in our last segment, we talked about how we saw some breaking news this morning. DACA remains in effect. We're also seeing how Governor Cuomo is announcing that New York City is prepared to enter phase two just on Monday. And we'll, we're seeing how the U.S. protests continue and different steps are being made in light of everything that's been going on the past few weeks. But in this next segment, we're going to talk about this little boy who has gone absolutely viral on the internet. And usually little kids go viral for some sort of dance or, you know, maybe they have some sort of epic fail where they fall off a bike of something and everybody laughs and all that. But in this case, this little, this little boy has gone absolutely viral because of his manners. So two-year-old Gray, his mom shared a video of him displaying all these manners and of course his love for food. So every time his mom gives him some sort of plate of food, whether it be a donut or a yogurt parfaits, uh, just like full-on dinners with steak, vegetables, he eats sushi, raw sushi even. And for being two years old, that's a pretty pretty interesting to see a little kid eat that much. I tried raw sushi for the first time this year, and that was a an interesting experience to say the least. But aside from this, the fact that this little boy has such a wide appetite and he eats anything, every time his mom hands him a plate of food, He's always saying, thank you, mama. Thank you, mama. And when he asks for something, it's always, please, may I please? Can I please? And it's, it, you know, it's, it's nice to see that someone, a little kid that who's so young, only two years old, is so well-mannered. Because as we know, nowadays, you know, you see a lot of younger kids. And it's unfortunate, but we're seeing a lot of more younger kids get away with being unmattered and being disrespectful, especially to adults. And they sort of get away with it without any punishment. At least, like, at least in my perspective, and I'm not sure for everybody else here on the youth, but I was raised by parents who the first thing they taught me was manners and to always say please, always say thank you, and always be respectful to adults. And they taught me manners at a young age, so I, I grew up always being well-mannered. But nowadays, we're seeing a lot of these younger kids not have or not being taught maybe as much as we were these manners that are important, you know, to it's just, it's nice to be well-mannered and seeing a little kid like this, only two years old, again, has manners that we don't see in a lot of, even adults at sometimes, because sometimes adults can be very unmannered, but a two-year-old who has such great manners. I mean, yeah, when we were younger, I guess we were taught more to, to um, be well-mannered but at the same time some people from our generation I'm not gonna write it off as like oh our generation is like better than the other ones because we're well-mannered but at the same time some of our generation doesn't have manners too and you know my little brother I have a little brother and he wasn't taught as much as me to have manners you know he chose with he chooses food with his mouth open and that's something he has to learn and I have to tell him and he's like why and I'm like because it's basic manners and it's like basic etiquette but you know Gray it's not his first time going viral because he's a little internet sensation and he's like so cute and um what's it called and it wasn't my first time seeing him but watching that whole video it just made my whole day because it was like this little boy is two years old and he already grasped the concept that some people my age can't even grasp. And, you know, he's so happy and he's such a little, um, he's such a cute little boy and he's just so happy. And it just, I don't know, it makes my day. To agree with the ride on that one, he's a pretty, like his manners and everything about that, 
It's very wholesome. Um, uh, Amanda, you showed me the video of the little kid. Gray is his name, right? Yes. Um, there's a little video that he's trying to grab like a plate for his dad, and he almost starts stumbling. Like it's, it's just so wholesome. That entire video and just him, like his manners, very well taught, and that's something that really is missed out on in today's society. And uh, what was I going to say? I'm going to make a comparison here. Um, over the summer, Amanda and my family went up to North Carolina to visit uh, some family friends. And they had a kid named Noah. And him by far, one of the most well-mannered kids ever. Ever. He would say, thank you for everything, please. He learned to play video games. And if he has a phone to play, he'd be playing a board game very very well taught and that's part of the reason why i think this generation is a little bit not as well taught not trying to say as our generation i'm not trying to say that we're better than them but it's part of the reason why this generation isn't as well taught as our generation because of the fact in my opinion that there's video games and phones and it's always oh they stuff the phone in your face like oh here's the phone here's the phone watch youtube do this do that like you get what i'm trying to say and it's a constant, oh, I have the phone now. Let me have the phone now. And it's never like, a, oh, like a please or like a thank you. Like you always have to tell them, what do you say, please? Or what do you say, thank you? It's, but it's nice to see something like this. Yeah, that it's not something that you see nowadays where kids are really, oh, thank you, please. It's just like Anthony made a great analogy to that where you see little kids nowadays and if they want their parents' phone in that moment, it's give me the phone, I want the phone. And in some cases, the parents just hand over the phone and then you're teaching your child at a young age. Well, OK, if mom and dad don't expect me to say please and thank you, then why do I have to say please and thank you to anybody else? So once you set that foundation and these little kids learn from a young age that they don't have to say please, that they don't have to say thank you, then it only leads them to growing up. They don't have these manners. And again, at least in my experience, from what I've seen, a lot of younger kids nowadays are not being raised or taught these manners. So it only leads them to when they're older, not having these manners in place. And it's like Araya said, even some people our age don't have manners, but it's it that's a personal choice at that point, because you know what you're doing right or wrong. And you've been taught at some point in your life, say, please say thank you. And especially you know, if you were raised by a Hispanic family, it's one of the first things they definitely teach you is you always have to say please and thank you for everything. And nowadays, you know, say you're opening the door for someone and nobody says please and thank you anymore. But myself, since I was taught from a young age to say please and thank you for everything, no matter who opens the door for me, I always say please and thank you. But even with adults and just, it's a widespread where manners are not commonly seen anymore. Um, I think when Anthony, I think Anthony used the perfect word to describe this child and it's wholesome. Like I just, he's so adorable. And I mean, you wouldn't expect for us to be, you know, kind of like celebrating this, um, this little boy's manners, but unfortunately we do because it's something that you don't usually see anymore. I mean, I have two nephews that I love more than life itself, but they are so annoying to say the least they don't have any manners and when we try to teach them the manners um it's just they're it's like, like you're no. asking them for too much yes they're it's like, like remember yeah. what do you say and they're like oh please yeah like they act like it's the end of the world and it's like I, just say please and just say thank you like just have a little bit of respect and with the whole um door opening thing you see it a lot especially in the studio because we have like six doors and so um, whenever Frank and I are like leaving the class and along with other students, you, you usually see like everyone's trying to get to the door first in order to hold it. And you just hear like five thank yous all along the way because it's like five different doors and no one wants to be the last one to say thank you because like, how am I gonna say thank you in one door and then like not say it in the next? So it's always like this awkward interaction where like you, you never know who's going to open the door and who's going to say thank you and like who's going to open which door and who's going to say thank you in the next door because we have an enormous amount of doors is unbelievable but we have manners and that's how it is but some people definitely need to teach their children that especially with the phone thing 
because I see it a lot, especially in church. And Lord knows that if my mama saw me with a phone in church, she would have dragged me out of the church by the name of the Lord and hit me right in front of everybody. I'm sorry. She would have yelled at me. She would have hit me. She would have taken me straight home. I can't know. Like, how do you, it's just, it's kind of astonishing, but that's the way my mom brought me. Like she, it was always, you know, like have that respect, have that care, have that well-mannered because it's just being nice to other people. I definitely agree with where everybody is coming from. Like when I saw that video, I thought two things. First of all, this kid is so nice and proper. And the second thing is he eats like a king for a, a two-year-old. He eats amazing. I wish, except the sushi part. Everything else though, I was like, that looks good. And it goes back to what everyone was saying about how like kids here nowadays, how they barely have any like respect for anybody to say thank you please and no offense but I'm gonna like it's like easiest to blame the parent because the parent is you should like that's how the parent should raise the child like in any instance where they don't say it they make sure the kids does it just so they can learn for like the future and when they encounter other people so that they can have the respect that they need because when like you like me personally when I'm opening a door for someone and they don't say thank you I'll probably just close it and be while they're walking in because I I don't agree just say thank you and then I'll I'll feel better about myself because like I did not do this for no reason I did this out of the kindness of my heart because there's certain things people don't have to do or they're not required to do and because they did it that's why you owe them a thank you in my opinion so it goes on to people that raised them for me and you know no need to be petty but I kind of do the same thing you know if I'm holding the door and a bunch of people walk through and don't say thank you I'm the kind of person that goes you're welcome and you know sometimes I get those awkward stares like uh I think you just caught me not <laughs> not saying thank you but yeah I also agree with Alicia that that little boy he's like a king surprisingly for being two years old and a lot of kids nowadays aside from not having manners don't have an appetite that big and again it's being taught to eat everything from a young age but when we come back here on the youth we talked about this yesterday. This is a different group of people. So I want a different perspective on this, especially since these are students who are already sort of onto their junior and senior year. These are the upperclassmen of the youth, except for Anthony, unfortunately. But standardized testing may change forever as a result of the pandemic. We talked about this yesterday. We got really into it yesterday. We're going to see what you guys think about what's coming up next here on the Youth Sam Radio Series XM Channel 145. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM, channel 145. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger, put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit stoptextsstoprex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Well, it just annoys me that you don't see it my way. Oh, it annoys me that you don't see it my way. We can play this game too. What? Not always going to see it your way. Your way is not the way. I can see it my way. But your way is not the way. So some people, some people are really... That's huge ego of you, by the way. Yeah, of course. You can't spell amigo without the ego. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I adopted Bento in 2010 from a shelter. This cat makes me make art. He's always motivating me to draw pictures of him. He just is motivating artistically. He's my best friend, but a lot of people know him as Keyboard Cat. Keyboard Cat. YouTube star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities. He's been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them, but I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. 
um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me, and my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Sam Radio has brought so much positivity into my life that allows so many young people to have a voice. I'm very thankful for this opportunity at Slam Radio. Not a lot of people get to say that they worked on the first radio station run inside a high school. I've learned so much from Frank the Tank. I've learned so much from Danny, from The Amigo. I've learned so much from them, and I thank them so much, and it means a lot to me. Slam Radio is a community. It just gives you opportunity. They give you opportunities that not many schools have. The people here are just great. Someone always has your back no matter what. It is definitely a place to leave your egos and your insecurities behind and just be yourself and all become one. I'm so thankful for everybody here at Slam Radio, and I'm thankful for this wonderful opportunity that I've been given to jumpstart my career. You are listening to Slam Radio on Sirius XM 145. This is Big Papi David Ortiz. You're listening to Slam Radio. Channel 145. In our last segment, we were pretty spot on for all our opinions on manners and how we're seeing a lot of younger children in today's society not have these manners. But two-year-old Gray has gone viral for his manners. And like Araya says, it's not his first time in the spotlight, which I had no idea. But moving on from this topic into our third segment, we talked about this yesterday, but this is a completely different group of people. These are my upperclassmen here on the youth. And I sort of wanted your perspective on this as students who have already taken AP exams or students who are sort of in the back end of taking AP exams and how you feel on this new change that we may see as a result of the pandemic. So as we know, AP exams were moved to be taken at home. We took them all at home this year. They went from being three to three hour exams where you have the multiple choice section, the different written responses to now this year, they were uh, in a 45 minute period. You had one, two, written responses you had to complete, and that was the test, that was it. So there's a chance that these standardized exams that we are so used to taking that have so many different sections, you know, you have, again, the multiple choice, you have the written responses, which could be a DBQ, an LEQ, an SAQ, just all the different Qs in the AP realm will now be pretty much the sole part of the test if this does change. So multiple choice will go out the window, and we'll simply see the use of written exams throughout this AP, you know, these AP and all these standardized tests. So of course, you know, one of the benefits of having just written responses in these standardized exams is that it does help you prepare for, you know, your, your schooling once you do leave high school, once you graduate, your undergrad, because these exams that you take in college are not multiple choice all the time. For the most part, you have to write papers all the time. You have to write, you know, extensive responses to different assignments that you're given and it's not just simply is it a b c or d so this will allow students to grow their writing skills and help them become better writers and this will also allow for the teachers who are teaching this content to pretty much you know have more time to teach how to write one specific essay two specific essays and focus on completing the entire coursework because as we know you know, Idania took a push this year and Alicia took a push this year, AP US history. And it's a lot of history that you need to learn. And with a normal exam, like the one where it would have been, you know, your 60 multiple choice questions, your three SAQs, your DBQ, your LEQ, it's a lot of different skill sets you need to learn, not only for the test itself, but also the content you need to learn that'll be in the test. But now with this new format, 
it'll sort of change the way you learn the the content but i pretty much want to hear from you know we heard mario yesterday he went off about talking about how it's not fair because you'll get tested on one specific period of time in an entire period of time you're learning as specifically in a in a history class at least but in the ap realm in general is this something where you would prefer to still have that multiple choice plus the written responses or stick to those written responses because maybe you feel like you'll gain more out of that I honestly think it depends on a person's skill set. Like some people are better at, at writing. Some people feel, feel more comfortable doing multiple choice. Um, personally, I didn't take the normal AP test. I took the AP test that was this year. And thank God, because I was a nervous wreck. I was like, how am I going to do all these cues and all these multiple choice questions in like X amount of time? And I had two APs this year. So I was extremely nervous. I was extremely anxious. I was mortified to take this test. But then obviously coronavirus happened and I just had to do the essay. And quite frankly, that was the easiest for me because um, I would say that I prefer writing over anything else. But probably with the multiple choice, I maybe I could have scored better. I don't know my score yet, but I feel like maybe the multiple choice helps bring some people up if they aren't good writers. And I feel like some people just are naturally good writers while others aren't. Yes, you can learn. And I agree with everything that you say that it kind of trains people for that mindset in college. But um, that's something I guess that should be taught like in class. I don't think it's really something that should be tested in an AP test, but I do understand that um, especially in language arts, you do need to be able to write an essay because that's kind of like the whole premise of understanding like literature and language. Um, so I took, oh, my bad, Anthony. So I took the AP World regular three-hour format exam last year, and this year I took three exams with the 45-minute um like one question, two question format. And there's pros and cons to both. I personally think that both are flawed in many ways, but that's a different story. Um, with the multiple choice, I feel like it gives you more, like you have a better advantage and it's like, it gives you more chances to get a better score because with the one question, um, LEQ or DBQ you only have that one essay to get so many points you know it's very limited in the ways you can get points it's just you have to do contextualization or like you have to hit points exactly and if if we do end up having the new format next year it's probably going to be better um we're probably going to be better equipped for it because this year our teachers all our teachers were preparing us for was the um, multiple choice until like a few weeks before the whole coronavirus thing came up like most of us were just prepared for the multiple choice and you know luckily I had my teacher prepare me for like the SAQs he always gave us um, different assignments where we had to write essays and we complained about it but little did we know it prepared us a lot for the um essays and I know a lot of other people their teachers didn't prepare that them for essays at all so you know I was lucky I was on the luck, lucky end of the stick but you know other people not really and I don't know the whole AP test is like mm, but I'm gonna just do my best whatever they throw at me I don't really care honestly I don't know how to feel about it like, if it's better to have the one with the multiple choice or the 45-minute one, it's because, like, we lasted all year learning about so many different things just for it all to come down to one essay, one question, which I feel like it's very unfair. If they continue this, I feel like they sh like teachers should at least know the basis of the questions, like, what, like, not the question, but what the question, not, I don't know how to explain it, but, like, the format of the question, so they could teach the students the format more, um, that more than anything, because I feel like I learned so much, and I got what I knew the least of, so it was, like, the back end of the stick for me, and I found it unfair, whereas the multiple choice, you have 
like even if you do bad on one part of of the exam if you do good on another part of the exam it's like you have more chances of getting a better score where as in the 45 minute test it's just one question like everything depends on that one question in 45 minutes which i don't think it's fair yeah that's also another thing about it like we prepared the whole year learning every single thing about the um what's it called the class and you know we had to learn multiple units and then it came down to one question which you know you might not even be that well versed in and it's like really frustrating because what if your teacher didn't cover that unit well and you only have you know about other things even more you know it doesn't really trust test your knowledge that much about one topic in the unit so yeah so i happen to agree with a lot of you guys that the writing portion doesn't necessarily kind of like address what you've learned the entire year it's just kind of like picking out of a hat randomly for one topic and then writing about that one specific topic so it doesn't necessarily show how good you've done all year. And I feel like the multiple choice, since it's so spread out throughout the time periods in a history class, it's a little bit easier to show how good you've done throughout the year and how good you've done throughout each topic instead of throwing you a DBQ with one topic and it's just testing you on how good you've done on that specific time period and that specific topic. So in my opinion, it's not fair. I feel like they can adjust it a little bit to where it's more fair. But if they have to do it like this, I feel like they would need to adjust it in a way where it spreads out through different time periods in like a history class instead of just picking out of a hat one random history time period and hoping that you get the one that you're best at. And, you know, it's like I said yesterday, and I'll continue to say, obviously this year was sort of a drastic change and they had to sort of reformat all these different tests in a very short period of time. So it wasn't as best as it could possibly be. But if this is something that they're looking and changing in the future for years to come, it's something that they'll have more time to formulate and perhaps it won't specify on one specific time period, but it'll be similar to what an LEQ is like where they give you multiple time periods and you choose on which one you want to write and which one you're most comfortable in writing. But this was definitely a more civil argument than what went down yesterday because things got pretty heated with this argument. And, you know, Mario the contrarian who loves to always go against what everybody believes, it made for a pretty interesting discussion. But when we come back here on the youth for our final segment, last week we talked about, you know, your favorite candy per state and our favorite candies. This time, we have an article that came out on the favorite vegetables across the country and which one is the favorite vegetable in your state. So we'll talk vegetables, if you like them or not, and what Florida's favorite vegetable is. You're listening to The Youth here on Slam Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 145. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 145. I get it. Your desk has been there for you. Holding up your computer, your unused stapler, and that plant you forgot to water. But maybe it's time to leave your desk and spend your lunch break volunteering with Meals on Wheels. Doing Meals on Wheels for me is the joy that I look for at the end of my week. I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. 
Good morning, amigos. Can you imagine? It's like a congregation of big dogs. You have a Great Dane. You have a couple of pit bulls off to the side. You have some very, very big German shepherds. You know, just the bigger type of dogs. And they're hanging out, talking, slobbering over each other, doing what, what big dogs do. And a little chihuahua comes running through, barking at all of them. And the big dogs just look at each other, look down at the chihuahua, and they look at each other again like, is this dog for real? The chihuahua is UCF. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to noon, only on Slam Radio Sirius XM 145. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is Dak Prescott, and you're listening to Slam Radio. We are back here on the Youth Slam Radio Series XM, Channel 145. In this last segment for today's show, another article came out. You know, apparently this is a thing now where... A Daily Meal, I think is what the website is called. They figure out what the favorite different kinds of food are per state. Last week, we talked about the favorite candy per state. Ours was Skittles here in Florida. And some people agreed with that more or less. But today's is favorite vegetables across the country. And which one is the favorite per state? So here in Florida, are you ready for this one? Drum roll, please. The favorite vegetable happens to be broccoli here in Florida, which is kind of interesting. I would have guessed carrots for some reason, but I don't know. Do you guys agree? Like, do you guys like broccoli? First, do you even like vegetables, period? And if you do like vegetables, which one is your favorite and is broccoli your favorite vegetable? I'm going to admit something here. So as a kid, right, my mom and my dad would make me try literally anything and everything because I was so picky as a kid. I never have liked vegetables. I'll eat them if I had to, but I never, never liked vegetables. So anytime my parents would ask me to try something, especially a vegetable, I would try a little piece of it. And then they would be like, oh, is it good? And I would be like, mm-hmm. And oh, do you want more? No, I'm good. I, I, that was, that was my strategical plan. I would just try it once and that's it. Or you could just have the occasional spinning out into a napkin. But yeah, I've never liked vegetables at all. If I had to pick one, oof, probably like, yeah, probably like broccoli or something like that, surprisingly. Me, I'm on the other hand, I'm one of those kids that like vegetables. I mean, I grew up eating them, so I had no choice but to like them, but I won't say broccoli is my favorite. Broccoli has no taste whatsoever literally like it doesn't even taste like trees it just it's just I don't even know what it, it tastes like nothing to me but I would have to say carrot I love carrots I mean carrots are good for your eyes or whatever so I love me some carrots well yeah I think oh and I like Brussels sprouts but carrots win I really love carrots Brussels sprouts I can't even say it that's how like 
They are not good. Bru- Brussels sprouts. You know how good. to cook them, right? Brussels sprouts are amazing. No, no. They, they, they smell horrible. They smell horrible. And my sister loves heating them up. And I'm like, please stop doing that inside of the house. Like, I can't. They're so... I only eat like a handful of vegetables. So I'm honestly no one to judge. I think my favorite would either be potato, but now Amanda told me she doesn't consider that a vegetable. So it would either be um, spinach or broccoli. I mean, my mom never really made me vegetables. I don't know why. She was just like, eh, extra food to cook, whatever. Anyways, or to prepare, whatever. Um, When I was little in elementary school and like kindergarten they would always serve us broccoli and I liked it but then I was conditioned not to like it because you know I was a little follower and everybody would be like I don't like vegetables so I just stopped eating it and now since I never eat it I just like when I stop eating something I just never end up eating it again because I think I don't like it when I don't know it's weird I'm weird but anyways um broccoli isn't even that bad it gets hate on and um, my favorite vegetable, I guess, would be potatoes. But people don't consider that as potatoes. I mean, as potatoes, as what's it called? As vegetables. So whatever. Mushroom on pizza, go hard though. But wouldn't that be? I'll, anyways, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I used to eat a lot of carrots growing up. And I can say that it did not help my vision because I still have to wear glasses no matter what. Um, but I don't know, picking vegetables is hard for me because I'm one of those people that really likes vegetables, carrots, broccoli, zucchini, um, spinach, Brussels sprouts, green beans, uh, asparagus. I, I pretty much eat anything, any sort of vegetable you put on my plate. I love vegetables, but I think if I had to pick one, it's in between carrots and zucchini. I kind of agree with Alicia. Broccoli doesn't really have that much flavor, but if you add some sort of seasoning, my mom makes it with some lemon pepper and it tastes fantastic. But carrots are always reliable. You can eat them with hummus, eat them with blue cheese, eat them by themselves, eat them steamed, eat them. There's so many different ways you can eat carrots. You can have it for a snack. You can have it at dinner, at lunch, even at like breakfast at times. Zucchini, the same thing for me. You know, sometimes I'll have egg whites with zucchini and it tastes amazing. But it's definitely between zucchini and carrots in my scenario. But just vegetables are so good. And it's amazing how so many people don't like vegetables. Anthony's a liar. He does not eat vegetables. He he will not eat them whatsoever. He is not a fan of vegetables at all. So don't make him think. Amanda, do you hear that? Yes, I do. You beat Anthony to the punch. Anthony, we got you today. We got you today. Idania beat you to the punch. Guys, thank you. I was thinking about not eating vegetables. (laughs) That's why. (laughs) Thank you guys for another spectacular show here on The Youth. I appreciate you guys always hopping on. And we will be back here tomorrow on Friday to wrap up the week. Thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened today. You are listening to The Youth here on Slam Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 145. See you tomorrow.